Welcome to the podcast From Depression to Expression. I'm your host, Oliver Schirach. I have struggled for many years with low energy, self-worth and depression, which have hindered me to truly live my life and express the beauty that is within me. To help myself, I started to learn a lot of things. After many years, I feel ready to share what I've learned with you. You're at the right place if you want to find out more about what is depression, what can cause it and how to get out of it again. It's either for you or for someone you know. We will be going out into realms that are not yet accepted by mainstream. We will be talking about the effects of food on your emotions, being unaware of your emotions, shadow work, triggers, soul retrieval, awakening, dark night of the soul, near-death experiences, and much more. Some of those shows would be just me talking about things that are on my heart and what I learned lately. Other shows are with guests from around the world which will share their knowledge with us and broaden our horizons. Those guests can be scientists, shamans, medicine men or women, therapists, personal coaches, and of course people that went through depression themselves and sharing their experience, what they learned by finding out who they are. Follow me on this journey to learn more about how to overcome depression. Learn to accept and love yourself truly. So we can embrace our authentic self unapologetically and start expressing who we are without fear, but with joy and lightness. Please remember to like and subscribe to never miss an episode and share this episode with someone you know that needs to hear this information. So without any further ado, let's get into today's show. Here's Oliver Shearer from um, Depression to Expression. And I'm sitting here virtually with a Bass Porter, um, which I connected on, on LinkedIn a few months ago because of whatever post <laughs> we shared some something and we had a great talk. And uh, now we finally made it happen because of the time difference and you know finding a time slot which was long enough for having the interview on your calendar and you're a business and life strategist welcome to the show thank you oliver it's a pleasure to be here so yeah and it's a pleasure to have you because i really connected you with you mm -hmm. so i want you up front i started podcast with asking like how would you describe yourself in three words with a little bit of description why these three words Dynamic, versatile, and focused. Dynamic because um, I have a good repertoire of knowledge to help people and change people's lives. Versatile because I'm, I'm always changing, uh, my, upgrading who I am. And focused purely because um, my passion is to change other people's lives and enhance not only their business, but all their personal life. Wow. So when you say you're changing yourself all the time, was that since childhood? Yeah, well, we, we upgrade ourselves in different, in different avenues and different, different ways of life. So every experience we go through changes us at some level, whether it be subconsciously in the superconscious or in uh, the physical realities. And it's about learning from experiences and learning from what we go through. So we not just embrace and help ourselves, but we also pay it forward 
and serve other people's growth in their life. Yeah, and uh, now you just put another word in my head, serve others, right? And you want to help mm -hmm. changing yes. people's life. And you said you're so focused because you want to help people's life. So has that also been one part since ever, or is that something new? No, I've always had this passion to serve others. Um, I mean, I, I'm ex-forces. Um, I left the British Army in 2004 after nine years of serving, something I was very passionate about. Um, and I, I was in service then. And then I, after DJing for a while, um, I, you know, seven years, in fact, I became a gardener um, and, and I was a service there. I know I love gardening. I was very grounded while doing that. Uh, but it's, uh, it's about serving others. I mean, I, I, did, I worked at a garden uh, in the UK, uh, open to the public uh, for one garden. I did several um, that I was really serving people and people were enjoying the beauty of na or natural beauty. But I was a part of that. I was part of a, a team, but it, oh. was a, it was a pleasure to be a part of it. Yeah, that's giving another... Uh, meaning to serving uh, because I remember the last days we, we talked how I am and uh, just told you that I have this uh, one week of high emotion everything is the same right and it was just the inner uh, perspective of the situation which was different and now going up and down I'm really struggling mm -hmm. and for whatever reason this this message I have three four years ago from a friend which lived in Denmark and now lives in um, Paris if he still is there and he mm -hmm. said, why don't you go to the church so you serve people? And I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> but I can see um, because church for me, the, the Christian church, uh, whatever, mm -hmm. Protestant church, it doesn't really make it. Um, Jesus' words are really good. Buddha's words are really good. And many, many mystical and other people's yes. words are good. But he's just like, yeah, when you serve others, you feel good. And for me back then, my answer was, some people need to serve others to fill their cup and mm -hmm. others need to do something else to be able to fill their cup and then they can serve others, right? Yeah. If, if you're empty, you cannot really serve. Mm -hmm. uh, but I can see when you're, how you describe these different things, it's a service to other people, yeah. all these different jobs you did. So it's a different looking at. Um, yeah, there's, there's so many ways to do it, but we have to sustain ourselves um, and have that balance if you look at anything in nature, anything in the universe, spirituality, um, any scriptures from the past, regardless of what you believe in, it's all about balance and doing unto others as you would like to do to yourself. <laughs> and it's that's the balance. I mean, look at Star Wars. <laughs> No, for, for I mean, it's it's you know the force is dark, the force is light, but it's about having that balance. And if we take that analogy and apply it to everyday life, there's so much insight within that. And, you know, Luke, uh, Lucas, um, Lucas Films and the structure of that still lives on today. I remember being a kid watching that film as a, as a child when it first came out. But <laughs> that analogy in the balance of life and serving others and acknowledging that service is a both an exchange, so it is part giving, but it's also part receiving and being open to receive. 
and we get caught up in the story that we make up for ourselves that we're not good enough we're not enough we are um, not perfect but society has made that analogy or that um, assumption you've been led to believe you must be perfect nothing in in life nothing in nature is perfect it's perfectly imperfect we, we as human beings forget that and we get caught up in what other people think of you and what if this happens and what if oh that over there that maybe maybe that may be the case but what if everything you were going through was working out in your favor what if you were experiencing that particular moment in time to empower somebody else for that experience. It's not about knowing that, it's about accepting something, surrendering into a journey. We don't like surrendering because as human beings, we like to be in control. It's our psychology, it's a primal thing. And the emotion of, the emotion of control is, if I don't know it, I can't control it. So we seek out information, we seek out people, we seek out situations but we often forget to surrender into a journey and that's the powerful, that's the powerful bit. And surrendering into that energy, that vortex, whatever you want to call it, opens up so many doors. Being grateful for where you are changes your perception on life. Yeah, it's it's the gratitude of uh, the attitude of gratitude, right? Yes. So it's it, but that's also scientifically proven. Mm-hmm. People yeah. change their emotional state, depression, Correct. and uh, yeah. also the forgiveness part, um, mm-hmm. which is uh, it's really hard sometimes. But I I have heard Aaron Apke, I think, in one of his podcast interviews, talking about it's not the act you forgive. It's basically seeing the person for their pain and whatever they experienced before to do that act uh, Mm -hmm. and and, and let go of the energy because in the end, it's just yourself which is suffering from holding Mm -hmm. on to that. Yes, and that's exactly right. We we do things for self-preservation. We do things to survive because we're primal creatures. We're primates, essentially. And we still have that um, that mentality as we evolve, but we do it out of fear. We do it out of um, a lack of something to gain credibility, to gain something. It's not often the correct way, but it's an interesting way to learn. But the surrendering act and observing it as an outsider or playing witness to something instead of having an emotional attachment to it or a judgment on it and just stepping back and saying, actually, you know what? It doesn't matter. I've got this. I'm going to evolve from this into something else, into more, into a passion, into service, into my true self, my essence. And that's love. That's positivity. We we crave all the time, every single level, and that's love. That is a, an element of each and every single human being in the world, seven and a bit billion of us. We crave love. And there's different forms of that. 
there's different levels of that. And then we have different experiences of that. And if it doesn't match our beliefs or values, then this is, this is where the disconnect happens. And that's where conflict happens and judgment. And it gets messy in that place. But this is when you've got to remember and reinforce, surrender, play witness, allow the journey to unfold without the judgment. Yeah, I, I, I have a lot of points you <clears throat> written down while you talk, which come mm -hmm. up in my head. So I'm not really sure if we... Uh, if you should go back to kind of like where your story is so people know actually what happened to you and who yeah. are who is actually talking here you see yeah. well, what, what is this what is his experience in life and can mm -hmm. i trust him or is it just like yeah, yeah. he he read a lot of books <laughs> uh, <laughs> well no i don't have i have I've re obviously read i i crave knowledge and i do do that but i'm a listener rather than a reader so i i do i i read i listen to a lot of audio books Okay. um and I'll, i'll do my my top three if you want in a bit yeah we can do that in, in the end like for yeah. like what would you get yeah. but the thing is also you experienced a lot of yeah. these things right so, so you, uh, we we talk here from depression to expression and mm -hmm. you told me like you were really down yeah. yeah and when i look at you you seem like happy and you know yeah. balanced <laughs> and <laughs> you got I out of it until i make it you know that's what happens <laughs> um yeah but that's also like yeah. how you know fake it till you make it not everyone understands actually no. how what yeah. it really means um, I, I, so let, let's, I, I, let's, yeah. let's get what are you yeah i mean we said you're a business and life strategist and we can see yeah. you're really up into this mentality so mm -hmm. what is it you do and kind of like what is the story like what were okay. what those deep points and how did you get out of it <laughs> yeah um well as i shared earlier i left the forces in 2004 I did a month of security work for a friend of mine and I realized I didn't want to do that work anymore. So um, at that time, I, I, I didn't, I was a bit lost or very lost. I didn't have any direction. I picked up my check and I wanted out of the country. I wanted just to disappear. So I left the UK in 2004, at the end of May, and I went to Cyprus, where um, I, I spent seven years of my life working as a DJ. But when I first arrived in Cyprus, I knew nobody. I went with a black holdall, fresh start. I didn't know anybody or anything, and I ended up in Ayanapa, party capital of Europe at the time. Um, if you've ever been to Ayanapa, you'll know I what think I'm I've been. Yeah. I've... So, but I not went... for partying. I just yeah. was during the day. I went... Yeah, I went to party, um, and party I did uh, for seven years. And I, when I first started there, I, I was selling water sports on the beach, and no, I no one knew who I was, and I became sort of very, very good at selling on the beach. Um, made a lot of money. I enjoyed it, but I also had a craving to be seen, not just as a salesman. For a long time in the forces, I wasn't seen. I was, you know, pushed to one side and um, be to be molded into something else. So I wanted to be seen, I want to be heard. So I started doing PR work on um, 
in the in the square for a place called Bedrock. And Bedrock's a karaoke bar. <laughs> um, I love karaoke. That's one of my 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 um, my cravings is karaoke. And I ended up uh, being a PR and touting the people to come in, free drinks and come and get a free shot. Um, and I did that, and I ended up I got asked to be on stage. Now, at the time, I didn't really know how to sing, but I could hold a note. So I started off singing um, Sweet Caroline, uh, Words by Boyzone, them sort of old classics. I found I really loved it. And that was my stage presence that really taught me how to be on stage, how to um, play with an audience, how to speak to them, how to be with them, but be in command of them. Taught me so much. However, I like the, the, the alcohol a bit too much. Um, and for seven years, um, I did not only uh, comparing on stages, but I also became a DJ. And I was working in a place called Jasmine Inn, um, amongst other clubs, popular clubs um, in, the, in the place, car wash I worked in, Castle Club, um, some other places as well, River Reggae. <laughs> and in 2008, I met a girl. She was a tourist. Um, and, you know, love, first sight, blah, 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 happy relationship. And then the drink took over, the drugs took over. And I eventually came back to the UK after nearly turning yellow, or I actually turned yellow. My liver was shutting down in 2011. I did seven years, um, nearly just over seven years of severe abuse to my body. Now, I was masked in alcohol and drugs and substances. And I became somebody that I didn't really like. I was six stone in weight, um, not very much at all, skin and bone. And I came back to build a life. That relationship lasted 13 months. And because I stopped drinking, uh, what I now know is to be PTSD came up. So, 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 the, so the drinking was masking the PTSD over correct. to seven, eight years or yeah. however long. Yeah. Um, it, it masked everything that I was going, went, went through within the forces. Um, and before that, I mean, I, at school, I was bullied. In training, I was bullied. Um, if you can, if you've ever been bullied, you can relate. So, um, I didn't know at the time what PTSD was. I'd never really heard of it. It's only in recent years that it's come out that it's a it's a real thing. But I was having nightmares, flashbacks, depression, anxiety, um, a great mountain of things that just wasn't weren't really serving me, and I spiraled. And instead of getting better, which was why I came back to the UK, I was literally spiraling. I ended up being homeless, again, back on the alcohol, living out of my car. I was blessed to have a car. Um, you know, I was in pubs. I owed people money. I was being an asshole to many people. Every relationship I had failed because this thing that I couldn't control. And 
I didn't know what to do. This was a spiral effect for nearly 10 years. And I was in and out of relationships, uh, jobs. There's nothing, there's no stability in my life whatsoever. And then I had, um, I've always had a gift of knowing things. People call it mediumship. I now know what it is. And I can describe it in detail. Um, you know, and, and I, it's quantum physics. It's tapping into uh, the superconscious. Um, it's tapping into the quantum energy, the fields, and understanding and translating them as feelings and, and emotions. So that's a part of what I do. But in 2018, um, I had a, a huge awakening, they call it, a spiritual awakening where um, <laughs> I lost everything, my house, my job, my car, everything within a matter of days in uh, July of 2018. Um, I'd just come out of another relationship well, I was seeing somebody. It wasn't a full-on relationship. <laughs> so it triggered another PTSD episode and not worthiness, depression, alcohol. I went back on the bottle because that's where I felt comfortable. And then in that time, that two-week period, that 10-day period, I think it was, everything was taken away from me. Everything. My, I didn't have a penny in my bank account. I didn't have a penny in my pocket. Um, I, I was, you know, living on the street for about three days. Um, my car broke down, the fan belt broke, the steering belt broke in the, in the car, so I couldn't steer it. Um, I owed money on it. It was just a mess. Um, and I managed to get it, the car to a forest called the Forest of Dean. And I was cooking, it was Christmas by this point, cooking a bacon sandwich on my engine. And I was grateful I had the gas. And I didn't have anybody in the world to speak to. I had nobody. Well, as I was turning the bacon sandwich over, or the bacon over, I came, I came to this epiphany. And the floodgates open for the spiritual awakening. So, so what happened? What, what happened in that moment to you? Um, I, I saw something that I could never describe only as an angel, as an essence of light, and said, you need to go and speak and travel and go places and change the world. Um, and I was like, yeah, no, <laughs> you, 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 no, thanks. Uh, I'm done. And I was actually writing that night. I was writing at my suicide note in the car. I became that low. And this thing was like, you need to do this. We believe in you. You have a gift. Now go and share it. And within 10 days, um, that that day after that happened and I came to this epiphany after turning the bacon over if I can turn the bacon over I can turn my life around that's the same <laughs> principle you know it was that it was a trigger <laughs> then seeing that and going well I can do this okay let's try this and that changed my life that moment changed my life that day I had a friend of mine 
she phoned me and she said, I've just heard about what you're going through. Come and live oh. with me. Uh, I, just, I don't you... know. She, to this day, I still don't know. She, so I hadn't you... spoken to her for years. She said, I've just heard about you going through something and you, are you okay? I said, no, I'm homeless. I have not a penny. I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, I, I help. Help me. And she gave me a place to stay. Wow. Uh, when you say that, now I've listened to a lot of near-death experiences and what you describe, it's not an out-of-body experience, but it's kind of like this, whatever, <laughs> tap into the consciousness experience yeah. or tap into the mystical. Um, yeah. Because you were really there where you said, I don't want anymore. And yeah. the other side, the quantum field, the consciousness said, okay, we have to step in in a, a bit yeah. stronger now. He doesn't mm -hmm. want to listen to all the other signs. Yeah, it's correct. So exactly. do, when you look back, did you have signs from angels, guides before? Thousands. <laughs> Thousands. I just didn't listen. Um, I mean, how do they come? I mean, if, if, if they try to get your attention, mm -hmm. how did those things come if you look back until oh, you actually came. got the, the... Yeah. synchronicities and numbers? Um, obviously, we know all about the spiritual numbers and what they are. Um, okay. You know, feelings, guidance, I just ignored. I ignored everything. Because I, me, the head part of me, the headstrong ego part of me, thought I knew better. Um, and I didn't love. I, did, I forgot how to love. I forgot what love was to receive and give. Yeah. I mean, it just come from my own life, right? Mm -hmm. um, when you have these insights, these thoughts or intuition. I, I, yeah. I just heard another podcast yesterday for a future interview. Um, and he said, you know, he's working more with businesses in, in this matter. And he said, many call it instinct instead of intuition. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he, he, he mentioned, and I like that, that if the instinct or the intuition goes in something you like, you're like, hey, great. I love it. As soon as it tells you to do something you do not like, mm -hmm. like you're shut down. They're like, this is bullshit. So, yeah. um, so what were these kind of insights, which probably were very strong, you didn't like to yeah. listen to? Stop drinking. Because it was, and that came time and time again to stop the drugs, to stop drinking, to stop being an asshole, you know, and, 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 and a core value. And, and, and the speaking and traveling, I mean, that's very specific. How did that come? I mean, the drugs and alcohol, I guess many know that and they're just yeah. like, fuck you. Well, you know, <laughs> The speaking was very powerful for me. It was a way of expression and changing people's lives, and it is now. Um, and when I was when I stepped into that, um, after that period of time, I actually um, I decided to leave the UK again. I had nothing to stay for, but I didn't have any money. We have this old age problem of money. Yes, and I didn't understand it back then. I do now. But I, I became a part of a Facebook group and I was doing, I was helping people go through spiritual awakenings for free. And I went from free to donation and I left it a donation. And I was completely of service. I was on the phone probably 18 hours a day sometimes. And at the time I was still doing, I went into a work as a gardener doing uh, that public garden I was on about earlier. So I had the best of both worlds and I was trying to rebuild and sort myself out, et cetera. 
did this for about a year. But something was in me said, I need to leave. And I didn't know what that looked like or how it was going to look. But I know I needed to travel. I love traveling. Um, so I started to gain momentum with the donations I started to get. And these were literally, I wasn't charging a specific price. I was helping people. I said, if you want to give a donation, there's my PayPal. I ended up getting together a plane ticket to New York and enough money for a visa and $360. That was it. And I booked the plane ticket for 2000, January 6, 2019. That's when I left the UK. Okay. So I had about a year, six months to a year of build up to this. Um, I eventually left just before my travels. I left the Facebook group because I couldn't do both. Yeah. Um, and I went to the US with $360 and a plane ticket and a rucksack. And I hitchhiked, I Greyhound bust. And I helped people while I was traveling. I did 33 states within the US in three months. 33 states. I mean, states are not, they're bigger than countries in Europe sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> in um, three months. In three I mean, months. that's like, you were just sitting. I was uh, a hobo. <laughs> you were just like yeah. driving all the time. I mean, but I trusted the universe. I trusted where I was going to end up, I was going to be safe. I was going to eat. I was going to have a roof over my head or be, and there was sometimes I didn't have a roof over my head a couple of occasions, but I, I knew I was safe. I knew I had it to eat. I knew I was there to serve. And I loved doing that. My last state was in LA, uh, California. I went from the uh, California fires up near uh paradise in san francisco i was helping refugees up there stayed there for about a week five days i think it was and made my way through um uh, san francisco and down into la where i was staying in a hostel and a client of mine took me out for a meal and it was the first real meal i've had in three months you know snacks 7-eleven and you know burgers and just rubbish food for no, very unhealthy stuff <laughs> and i was so grateful but she brought she brought a plus one that plus one is now my wife oh. so what happened um then we exchanged numbers we spent two three four days together um she called in sick to her work she'd never called in sick in her life um, she spent four days, three days with me. And then on that fourth day, I actually flew to Australia for three months because I, my visa had run out. Oh. <clears throat> so our visas, how long is it? Three visa? months, three, three months. months. That's all I had. And I never outstay a visa. The complications for that are just phenomenal. It's just not worth it. And I was traveling the Australia, doing the same thing, helping people stay with some friends, stay with the family. I got cousins who live in Australia. Um, and we were having a long distance relationship. And she said, would you come back to the States? 
Now, in my mind, for a very long time, I was going to Tibet. I was going to live on top of a mountain. I'd done with humans. <laughs> um, I'd had enough. And that I thought that for a very long time on that journey, that's where I was heading. This person that um, I met changed my entire life. And she allowed me to love again. She allowed me not just to love myself, but to love another person. And now I know what love actually means and is because I've experienced it. So we came back to the US in July. Um, actually, it's three years since I, you know, three years since I've been back this July 7th, be the three year anniversary since I've been back in the US. And I still didn't know whether it was going to work. You know, was she some psycho? Was I some psycho just making <laughs> this up? It was all the unknown, but we trusted and we'd know enough about each other that there was a connection like nothing else, nothing I've ever experienced. Three months, beautiful months went past. And the time again for the visa was about to run out. And we planned a wedding and got married in 10 days. And we got married in a place called Orcas Island in Washington State. Uh, I had a friend of ours retreat. They were going there for a healing retreat. I was gifted a ticket and we made it all happen in a different state. She's the one and the reason that I'm actually here. She changed my entire life and it showed me gratitude. It showed me love. It showed me the possibilities, the endless possibilities. And she's an inspiration, not just to me, but many other people. Um, she's the reason I do what I do, partly. And then I started to use my skills from forces. Um, productively, I started a business, coaching business, mentoring business, a business strategist, and I delved deep into the best strategies in the world. People like Tony Robbins, people like Bill Walsh, top 30, top 10 business coach in the world. We all know Tony Robbins, top life and business strategist in the world, uh, changed four million people's four billion people's like four million lives in the last five years alone, I think. Um, so I immersed myself in the personal development world, and I I began began to translate into audible form things that I'd experienced to help others, but in an authentic way. So I'm not copying other people. I model, I, I learn, I embrace, I tweak. And, but it's all structured from different avenues and different coaching, the best in the world coaching. And what I found was a pattern, habits. People had habits and patterns and you follow the patterns. You then start to know why people do it, the language in it. The, the physiology of things, where we focus on the, the energy, the spirituality side of things, how uh, quantum physics work. I studied um, Dr. Joe Dispenza. I studied uh, Dr. Greg, um, um, Greg. Braden. Oh, Greg, Greg Braden. Um, and Bruce Lipton as well. Bruce Lipton. Um, I went into Jack Cranfield's world. Um, 
you know, everybody you can think of, I have studied minutely to find out what makes them tick. Rob Proctor, many, many others, Dean Graziosi, the sales oh. side of things, yeah. many, all of them you can probably think of, I have studied <laughs> to find out one or two key elements I can take away to change someone's life. And I, I say, this is where I got it from. I didn't invent this stuff. It's been out there for hundreds of years. But I name the people that I've studied because I give the credibility to them because that's they were their hard work. And I'm privileged to be in these worlds. I'm privileged to have these some of these peer relationships that I've built that love doing the same thing and changing other people's lives in their way, their niches, their credit, their bits. But it's a, a remarkable thing when you come into this world and you think, wow, I'm not the only one that sees this stuff. They've had experiences as well, but they understand it and they translate it in different ways. Now, Napoleon Hill and uh, Think and Grow Rich, these are all mastermind principles. Mastermind principles have been around for 250 years plus. That was written down on paper. It's been around for a lot longer than that. But I started to absorb all this information and I wanted more. That became my pattern. And I realized that helping people was not changing their life. It was also changing mine. Is the cup half full or half empty? It's about being present to the cup, not about where the water is or the cup's half empty or half full. Just be present to the cup. Be present to the awareness of it. Be present to, okay, what's in it? But it doesn't matter what's in it. You get to choose where it's at. Choice is a very powerful thing. And if we start studying the strategies of people, and what I found was take what you need, credit people, give it back, and change other people's lives. And there's this cycle of um, knowledge, if you like, where you just realize that it's about the exchange. Okay, so giving. giving and receiving. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So you said you, you, you absorbed all this knowledge and um, mm -hmm. besides one person, I knew them all. <laughs> so I've, yeah. <laughs> I went in some different quests and books and whatever interviews with these different people as well. Mm -hmm. Uh And it's interesting, right? Yeah, there is a certain pattern, um, especially for me. Yeah, no, no, not about me. So you said you were going for one or two points. So let's hear what, what these one or two points are that you found as a pattern mm -hmm. in, in all these different teachings. People have, or people, whether you're a business owner or business operator, business entrepreneur, we're all the same. We all crave love. We all crave acceptance and to be valued and we go to any lengths to make that happen the other point is that i've really come to terms and really explored in great detail is we are programmed and our brains are if you like, and if you will, like computers. 
and we absorb information from everywhere. Our subconscious will pick up and it's like a memory bank. And if it's played enough at the same thing, it actually believes that reality and it will make it happen. Um, but I've also studied how to reverse or change them patterns. I'm living proof that's possible. Yeah. And these patterns are mainly a lot, a lot of negative patterns because that's what we, we, we absorb. We're programmed to absorb it. We're programmed to go, that's going to kill us. That's going to harm us. I must feed into that. I must pay attention to that. Observe, but don't absorb. <laughs> yeah, but how, how, how to observe without absorbing? <laughs> That's the trick. <laughs> That's when, you, when you're a master. <laughs> mm -hmm. And we are all a master of training. We all, we all, we all are in a learning process. Uh, there's no one that I can ever say, especially not me, I'm a master of, because I'm not. I'm always an apprentice. You know, I'm, I'm like Luke Skywalker when he meets Yoda. That's how I identify myself. I'm always learning. And I learn and absorb. And that's my pattern. So I've studied my pattern so I can help other people. And it's, the, it's learning to create what you want and desire by observing the energy or the the intuition, the guidance behind what you really want, but actually listening, listening to it and then taking action to achieve it. And that purpose of, of moving forward and then moving into the action, how to do it. You, we're programmed to go, I want that, but I'm not going to act on that. I want that, but I'm afraid to put the effort into it. And it's fear that holds us back. Yeah, and now what you just touched on there, um, that was on my note here to ask you. So again, back to instincts, intuition, inner voice. Inner, you say you have the knowing because you can tap into the quantum field, into the yeah whatever. Um, some people say I have it as well. It's very difficult for me to understand. I'm just writing down it, you know, just write down questions here. <laughs> If yeah. I get to ask them or not, perhaps that's tapping into the quantum field. Who knows? It is, yes. <laughs> it is. So, but when you hear these voices, so I almost forgot the train of thought. Yeah. If you hear these these ideas or whatever, this this feeling to go this and that way, and you now mentioned the fear, so that's another question there. But how Do they know this is not mind made up to kind okay. of fuck you and, uh, you know, like put you in a bad situation and just, I, I know, I, I just want to show you, you are not worth it or okay. you cannot do it. And how to know this is really intuition, which brings you forward, teaches mm -hmm. you something new. That's a very good question. I like that question. Um, very powerful one. And here's a powerful answer for it. <laughs> um, you know, wrong from right. You know from good, from bad. You know not to do something. You know, a, an instinct to go by. And it's not something that comes from the head. 
the the mind is there playing in the background it does stuff for you intellectually but the intuition comes from deep within you it's a soul essence it's a guidance and did you know if you hear voices bear with me it doesn't mean you go nuts five percent of people hear a voice within them with inside them that actually speaks to them only five percent there's been major studies done in sanford and many others five percent of people actually hear the voice 95 percent have a feeling they have and, a what, and what's with the ones which say they see stuff they just look at people and they just see i'm one of them as well um i hear and i see so that comes down to the third eye and it's a called commonly known as the third eye it's actually the penile gland and it's located in the middle of your head and it's less than a millimeter yet yeah, exactly straight in the middle of your head <laughs> you're tapping into that and it's part of a chakra and energy system within you that activates um a different energy within you that allows you to either physically see or it builds a map or image in your in your mind in your third eye and it's projected so you can see it so it's a projection of energy or a different consciousness or dimension we're surrounded by different energies consciousness and dimensions proven facts this is provable as far as science through quantum physics now not just woo woo stuff that was 30 years ago uh, but provable by frequencies um, and other mm, crazy stuff that other people, doctors do that I don't. Um, now, that part of us, the imagery for that is through the penile gland, it's through the third eye. Now, most people ignore it. Most people ignore the feeling. Most people ignore the intuition because they know better, because that's what they're programmed to do. That's the fear aspect of them. I must do this because that's going to prevent me from growing because that's what the mind will tell you. You won't go out of your comfort zone because that's uncomfortable and you want to survive. Like getting a cold shower in the morning, every morning will condition your body and take off and in, uh, structure endorphins and actually make you happier along with bringing out the lymph node system and activating all the positive emotions and endorphins etc that you need and hormones but we don't like getting into the shower <laughs> now i've yes. i've been getting into the cold shower now for nearly a year there isn't one time that i've ever got in the cold shower and looked forward to doing it not once that's discipline it's discipline and allowing yourself to surrender into it knowing that there's a better future. It's never about the, we create in the present, we create by actions and discipline and repetitiveness, creating the habits and retraining the brain, retraining the mind and, and the actions that follow that. We create in the present to allow for the future. And I'm very good at seeing things from an upper perspective without feeding into that present moment okay that's happening fantastic but why is it happening what's it teaching me tony robbins once said 
ask a higher value question, you will get a higher valued answer. Yes, I remember that one. But I've recognized these patterns within myself and where I was an alcoholic and the pattern behind that. I didn't want to face my reality, so I masked it through a, a, a substance, whether it be a drug, cocaine, because I wanted to feel a rush, whether it be um, some other pill or alcohol. I masked it because I didn't want to feel. I hated to feel something. But now what I'm doing in everything that I've learned and absorbed and still learning, I love feeling. I, I, for years, I, I was so scared to feel, to, to embrace who I was. I didn't want to tell people that I saw things as a kid. I didn't want to tell people I, I saw people went around them, physically saw them, and they would have, have conversations with them. I'd be at school as a child, and I'd be looking out the window, looking at people dressed in 18th century clothes, <laughs> thinking they were real. They were real. Well, they were at one point, yeah. Yeah, but they were, they're still real, just in another dimension, out of frequency. Exactly, yeah. But I, didn't, I was so scared to tell people this. I was petrified to stand up and say, this is what I do, because I was conditioned to not do that. I was conditioned to shut my mouth, to not be who I am. So, so, so you had, I mean, that's another question, right? So you had these abilities from knowing, seeing, hearing as a child. Now, um, <clears throat> I had also a lot of talks with friends in the US, which are growing up in this very Catholic environment. Yeah, narrow, the, the, narrow, yeah, belief. Yeah, um, and, and, and one of my former interviews uh, with one of them, she she got really threatened by her family because she had to interview with me and talking about the near-death experience. Mm -hmm. So uh, how much was the religion influencing you as a child seeing? Yeah. So I like that question. I, I'm, I was lucky. Um, I had somebody I could confide in with my nan. My nan was very special to me. She still, she, she passed away in 2014. Oh. Um, and it was very, still very hard for me to, to look back on that now. But as a kid, I used to confide in my nan because she was very spiritual. Um, and yeah, my family, I didn't go, had a, I never had a bad upbringing. I wasn't abused physically as a child. Um, I had a, a, good, a good upbringing, but I was told that, you know, life was a certain way. And... <laughs> with my peers at school if i would have said to them i see dead people the old famous line <laughs> i'd have been looked at and you know, just been cray cray that was the era that i grew up in um and it was the very early 80s i was born in 1980 to the math and you know going through school in the early 90s getting bullied at school you know that was my era and i, I was so afraid but I'm, i was blessed and I look back now and say I am physically blessed and emotionally blessed. I had my nan to speak to. And my passion for gardening comes from my nan because I used to go around our house on a weekend and I'd love to be there. I'd be, I would feel more comfortable at my nan's house 
and loved at my nan's house than I would at my mum and dad's. But I mean, I, I love my parents. I love who they are. I don't speak to them much now because of what I do and time zones and I live abroad and you know, there's a, things I wasn't a good person for a long time. So people have this image of me. That's great. I was an arsehole. I completely accept that. But people do change. And what I confided with my nan, that she helped me through it. She helped me understand. And not just understand, but have this inner standing. She's talked to me about spirituality. She's talked to me about my granddad. Because I used to see my granddad a lot. His name was Huey. Huey. Um, he passed away two years before I was born in 1978. And I used to see him and have conversations with him. I'd have conversations with other relatives that had passed. So, so, so you heard them as well, like you said yeah. as well. You can, yeah. I um, woke up one night in the mid, in the middle of the night to my granddad at the end of my bed, who who was in spirit. So how? Oh, Jesus. There's so many questions. Um, (laughs) Because you're the first one really uh, being in that strong connection. As I said, the other lady, she hears the voices Mm -hmm. and she knows some people die. And it was very hard for her to Mm -hmm. not tell and realize she cannot do anything. So how was it for the spirits to actually have a child to communicate with on the other side? Well, well I, because they are aware that other yeah. people still not see them or do not want to feel them or yeah. whatever. Well, they don't. And, and, and what I've come to understand is, is as children, we are more receptive to uh, other energies because we're not so much conditioned. We are more open. Um, and I'm lucky and fortunate that most of the people that I saw most, I didn't, I knew. So they were connected to me. And I was very, I was, I'm sure to this day, I, was, I, am, I know I'm protected. I know I'm safe. Um, and they still guide me. Sometimes I smell, but I've got no physical sense of smell. I haven't got any, any physical sense of smell due to something. Right? Someone broke my nose a long time ago. And so I can't. Oh, yeah. When you get smell. the right place and yeah. you severe the, uh, the nerve, right? Yeah. And then... yeah. So, but sometimes I can smell roses or carnations or pipes. It's really weird because I know I can't smell. I can't smell bacon. I can't taste. I can't. It's it's really messed up. So it's having that that audio that audio. I have all the clairs, so I can see. I can feel. I can hear. Touch, feel. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So I I try and I I limit my interaction with that side because if I open up, I'm a channel, and I just literally energy and information pours into me, and I have. It's like automatic writing. But I'm, I know I'm being guided and protected. I know it's not a belief. It's an inner knowing. It's an inner standing of I'm here to, as a purpose of something. Now, I don't fully know what that is. I don't want to know right now because everything is day by day and minute by minute, present by present. But even as a child, I was petrified of going to sleep because I didn't know what I would see when I went to bed. But my nan really helped me through it. She really guided me into an awareness and understanding that you are in control of it. Not they are in control of you. You control 
what and the access to that side. So if you open up, step into it, but you open up for a time, not continuously, because they drain you. It's energy can be very draining. People who, who do, um, who interact with spirits a lot, do ghost hunts and things like this. Uh, Zach Bagans, who I've met, been to his museum over here in Las Vegas, fantastic guy. He, when he does investigations, he gets drained. Don't know him, look at ghost adventures. YouTube will go and travel. Yeah, travel. I think, yeah there's like this American channels, right? Yeah. Which is so only doing that. <laughs> it's all about the energy and being consciously aware of it and having the awareness that you are, you are the conduit. So you get to control when you open up. Now I was taught at a very, very young age. If I wanted to open up to act as a flower. So I open up as a, as a flower wood and i let light in this is how i do it specifically and i put a time limit on how many how long i will do this for so, so an alarm time, clock yeah i'll set a timer for it so i'm not depleting my energy and i'll do a brainstorming session and i'll get information if i do it for a client it's for that time. And I'll put a timer on, a rough timer, usually an hour and a half, I do it for them. And it's not, it's not, I'm going to speak to dead people and you're going to get, you know, Charlie, your, your granddad and thing come through. <laughs> it's to help them with other aspects of their life. And if someone comes through with a prominent message and they won't go away, yes, I will give that message. But it's not, Sheila's died, go and speak to her. I don't do that medium shit stuff. It's not what I'm here for. I am a channel of conduit of energy. There's a massive difference. If you need something like that, go to a medium. I'm not a medium. I'm a channel. And I channel that energy to enhance your life. And I use business and I use, you know, variations of intuition, sight, sound, a multitude of things. But it's tapping into the infinite consciousness again, the quantum field of people. Uh, people call it the Taurus. That's, a, that's a, the field around us. Um, it's or the Akashic, Akashic records. Well, that's that's a level of awareness. It's a level of dimension. Um, the the Taurus is the energy field around somebody, and it starts from the heart chakra and goes out about four feet in every direction, up and down. So you have that, and it looks like a donut if you structure it in the quantum physics field. It's like a donut. Yeah. Um, so I had all of these experiences as a child but I was always told to Shh, don't tell anybody. And in 2018, I went, you know what? I have to. I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't care. I had everything coming out of me. I, I was literally seeing things. I was attacked, demonically attacked several times, but I was, it was quite scary at sometimes um, the levels that, the darker side of the force went to try and stop me from awakening or, or maybe that was just a part of it. I don't know, but there was all this stuff coming up and I was like, well, I'm going to do it. And I actually did a, I was too scared to go on video. <laughs> um, I did a, a post that was about, it was an essay. It was about that long of a post. I don't care what you think of me. This is who I am. And I just blur. It was like, it was like, um, vomit just coming out of my mouth in words 
and it, I posted it. And I told everybody I was, at the time I thought I was a medium. I've learned since then, I'm a lot more than that. And I use them gifts to help other people. But it, it's truly a gift. And if I look back on every aspect of my, my life and how I got to where I am today, yes, it's been difficult. Yes, it's been challenging. But I've never failed. I've never once said I've failed at something. I either found a better way of doing something or I've been redirected to something else. So I changed my whole perspective on it. Yeah. And instead, of looking at, and instead of looking at myself like I'm depressed or I've got anxiety, I look at it, that was a version of me that existed. <laughs> In a parallel universe, one of the multiverse yeah. versions, perhaps. Yeah. Well, we could, uh, this part we cannot prove. So, yeah, Jesus, uh, he's just he's talking as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Buddha. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, when someone says Jesus around, I said, "No, I'm not working." Um, <laughs> <laughs> my day off. Sorry, <laughs> it's kind of like while my head is spinning. I mean, um, probably that's also when I have some interviews, I'm really drained afterwards because probably I'm just mm -hmm. continuously tapping into something yes. um, or I try to control it. I can also feel when I try to control an interview, mm -hmm. I'm sometimes more depleted than when I just let it flow. Yeah. Um, that's when the mind comes in. So there's like, again, if you, if you would listen to my podcast, you would know I say that a lot. There's so many questions. Mm -hmm. I know. Okay, just just throw them out and then let's see what you come up. One is like, when did you shut down to all these experiences? Because as a kid, you were clearly in it. Uh, yeah. You went into the military, came out of it, DJing, all that stuff. Was there anything there? You said you yeah. had this impulse of not drinking. I didn't know what kind of can of worms I'm opening with these questions, right? Yeah. Uh, so so like that's, that, that, that's one thing. And the other things just disappeared. So mm -hmm. let's go with that one. So, um <laughs> Uh, I stopped seeing, or I didn't want to see. I never stopped seeing. I chose not to see or feel or did it as a kid when I was bullied um, because I thought I it was because of that. Um, and I was severely bullied, beaten up, lunch money, etc. I was different, small. Um, so I chose not to see at a very young age uh, when I hit middle school. Um, and that was through bullying. You know, I was like, well, I don't want to be, I want to be like everybody else. So, but I've now obviously learned it's not like everybody else and I'm unique and that's it. Um, and then when I was DJing, DJing uh, um, I actually was quite good at my job because I didn't see the people, I saw lights. And um, when I was DJing, if the light got brighter, I'd play that sort of music. When it got dimmer, I'd change the music. <laughs> That's a good help. Yeah. <laughs> and then I get really strange requests come in, like someone go, can we play ABBA or something stupid like that? And I'll be like, that. Uh, no, because <laughs> it isn't in the flow of, you know, what's going on. Um, but it was to do with what I now to be, know to be flux and flow. And I use my gifts as a DJ to, um, of seeing, 
um, to to change music. And when I was in the military, I used my intuition and, and some of my other gifts to stay alive. Um, I mean, you know, was there was there a situation you can talk about with, uh, that it saved your no. life? No. Okay. And we talked about that before. So yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, just know I was in the forces for nine years and um, I did my bit and I came out. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a and you survived. Veteran. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a proud veteran and you know, I, I help other veterans um, through what they're going through and that's what I do. I love doing, I love being of service. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's in, incredible. So basically you shut down because of bullying. You wanted to be like everyone else. I mean, we all have our gifts. So we are all special in our own ways. That's why we're here. So we can help finding our gift is basically what we're here for. So we can serve with the gift we have. Could yes. be speaking, could be Eckhart Tolle. Definitely is not a speaker. He's definitely just sitting there, basically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, when you listen to him, he talks so slow. Yeah. Um, that you realize his, his gift is definitely coming really strong from the heart chakra, just sitting, listening. And he also thought he's a healer until he realized it's just his presence, um, which is the healing force. Um, mm -hmm. So we have all these different chakras and energy centers and other gifts, which are making us unique in our own way. But you shut down. Uh, you had your intuition, which helped you through the military to stay alive. It helped you. <laughs> as a special equalizer for DJing to see how the mood is and, um, mm -hmm. you know, what kind of, where do you have to go? And then you had like this, and I'm like, fuck, I take my life. I don't want, here's my note yeah. for the afterlife. Uh, you had no one to talk to. And that's, of course, I'm also like, what's with the family? You, you have any sisters and brothers? I do. I have two sisters. Um, I was the black sheep um, of the family and I don't really speak to them much now anyway. Uh, and neither then right so you couldn't go to them to get no, help no. that's very hurtful especially when you say you couldn't love mm -hmm. i mean that's why you would get unconditional love from like hey you're yeah. a black sheep we, we don't care you're a human that's good in you and you you prove it now but that moment <laughs> i mean i still have to laugh i can turn a bacon so i can also turn around my life i mean how can you have yeah. such kind of an epiphany but you saw the spirit you saw the light you hurt them and you're like no way so that was basically when it came back these gifts came back into your life like full power i fully embraced it yes um because there was so much i don't want to use the word pressure i'm going to use the word energy behind what they were coming with that there was only one option for me and that was to embrace the next gen the next part of the journey the next leg for me yeah it's 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 a free will i mean whatever you listen they say the angels cannot force you there's always free will but you have chosen free will for whatever 10 15 years mm -hmm. which was <laughs> it destroying work out your me. body <laughs> but yeah. you but the nice thing is also you said it's you choose not to say you failed and it's yeah. it's very wow i mean you know my energy level is on a complete different level than it was before we started the interview and mm -hmm. i try to be good i mean we have a really nice sunny day and i try to be outside meditate and like what is it you want oliver what is it you really want and i couldn't really figure out and i'm and then i meditated before just to be good like jody spencer yep. <laughs> energy center healing 
I completely spaced out all the time, but not in that way. It was my thoughts were pulling me in weird directions. Honestly, I have mm -hmm. no idea. Uh, but I feel so much better listening to you just because you also say like, I didn't fail. I just changed the perspective. I just learned okay. something new. And, and this isn't that what many, many spiritual teachers try to teach us. It's life is for you, not against you. Every thing like losing everything you have uh like the house and the car and everything in a matter of whatever you said days or weeks yeah. and, and and relationships which flourish are gone no nowhere you're a fucking asshole you steal you lie yeah. whatever happened yeah. um it's it's for you and and when have you actually been able to really realize that like not just intellectually from your mind but like embody that knowledge it's only been since i met nicola <laughs> your wife um, and traveling and traveling just before that traveling the, the the experience with traveling where i realized that you know what I, i wasn't a good person and i've got a lot of a lot of making up to do to the universe to to set things straight You know, and karma is a bitch and it does come back around. But it's not about the experience. It's about making sure you learn from it and not just learn, apply it. Learning is not, not enough. You must apply what you've, you've, you've learned. Yeah. And then how to take what you've learned and go... I know what I, I have an inner standing of what this is. I can help you. And being brave enough to stand into your authenticity and your uniqueness in the, in the world and say, this is who I am. This is what I do. You either like me or you don't. Either way, I'm good because I know what I deliver changes, not just people's lives, but it has that balance of changing mind. And yes, nothing good comes easy. You have to work at it. You have to work with it. Whatever it, you call it, that's what you've got to work with. You have a gift. Everybody listening to this has a gift. Can you write it down? No. Can you feel what it is? Probably. Can you express what it is? That's where the key comes in. Because if you can express it, you can then start implementing it fully in your life and realizing that this is just one reality and you have a choice starting today to choose which reality you're going to live in. Is it going to be the one where you're depressed, hopeless, feeling victim? Or are you going to choose? And it takes work. Don't take my word for it. It takes work. And it takes discipline. It doesn't go, oh, tomorrow everything's going to be okay. But once you choose to make a pathway to a different reality, a different life, a different awareness, that's when life journey truly begins. Doesn't matter what you've done in your past. 
we've all been somebody's Trojan horse in the past. We're never going to be good in anybody else's or everybody's story. And that's okay. Because if they're still in that line of reality and they haven't forgiven, that's where they'll always be. And it's not your place to shift them. It's their journey. Allow them to be. You can offer the door. You can open the door and say, let's have a conversation without judgment in an unconditional place. But unconditional means you set your own boundaries. It's with your own self-respect boundaries. It's not about unconditional. You can do what the hell you want to me and everybody just walks over you. You have to have your own standard. And that's a part of stepping into that new version, new reality of you. You decide, you have a choice to go, I want to do this business for this reason. And I don't know what it's going to look like, but that's where I want to get to and have an overall vision of your new life, your new reality. Whether it takes two years, whether it takes five years, whether it takes a year, six months, it doesn't matter. Time is irrelevant. You're working on something for you. And nothing good comes easy and can be rushed. People, we are conditioned to have everything at our fingertips through mobile phones, through computers. I want to buy something, Amazon, arrives tomorrow or same day now. I want to get shopping, same day. I want to watch a video, press of a button. I want to purchase something. One, they're going now to one buy for click, one click per buy, per purchase. That's the technology we have. You know, 50 years ago, they were still trying to work out how to send uh, people to Mars and to the moon. You know, oh, is this really possible? No, longer than now, 75 years ago. They were still trying to work out if, if it was possible. Look how much has evolved in the world. And we, as a collective of people, as humanity has evolved. Some have evolved with it. Some of them are not evolving and they're staying where they were through fear through persecution but that's also their choice exactly right? in the in this life right it's yeah. like um and, and there's no judgment factors. yeah but there are also outside factors so, so culture plays a massive factor in that factor culture is a massive factor in uh where we where we live for starters our upbringings our conditioned from upbringings from parents from persecution from bullying from other people's judgment these are all massive factors but when you step into you whatever that looks like and make a decision make a choice this is who i am this is who i like to be and stop worrying about people's judgment and know through changing of habits through self-discipline through applying what has been proven to work time and time and time again in your own life but adapting it for what you believe in your belief structures your vision that's when you go forward and people will come back in when they want to and go oh i want to help you now and then you have another choice to make and you can say Yeah, sure. Or mm, no, not for me. Thank you. 
that's a powerful decision because you get into a position in your life where you're confident enough, secure enough financially and emotionally and mentally to say no. No is a powerful word. And people are not, um, they're not used to hearing that word no because we're conditioned to buy, we're conditioned to purchase, we're conditioned to say yes. It's our default yes or a default no. Once you step into that confidence, the world opens up. Yeah. And it's no coincidence you're listening to this. <laughs> I, I sometimes forget I'm here uh, doing the interview. I yeah. just feel like I'm just listening to another YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> No, you know I'm, i'm getting completely tranced away here um like spaced out mm -hmm. uh wow geez I, i can have another three four hours talk with you i mean there's like wearing masks and how you present yourself like mm -hmm. uh, hell yes for when you want to go for somewhere and else it's no this is also like a yeah. tim ferris had this interview with whoever that was um you know, know who you are, like truly know who you are. So you don't have to wear masks and you know when to say no. Of course, also the whole <laughs> opening up to the energies, then you have the intuition, which comes in whatever way it comes for you. Yeah, It's knowing. And that's a bitch because it's just there. It's not coming with a voice. It's not coming with a beep sound or with a vision. It just is there. Right. And it, I think I also have the physical, um, I try to feel more in the body because I'm not embodied. And I know that thanks to smartphones, I really disconnected to my body. So I, sometimes I can feel some kind of something is touching me. I'm like, okay, but what does it mean? So I'm still on that path. Um, yeah. So, so you, when you open up, then you also feel when you say no to a person, because you can feel that person is not on your level. Correct. Uh, whatever it might be, it might be way too high. So it's kind of going to stress you because. Yeah. But no doesn't mean no forever. It just means not right now. Exactly. Exactly. It's because it doesn't fit. Um, I have so much more questions, but I know we have only planned for, uh, I don't know if you have another meeting soon. I have got another meeting, uh, but I'm happy to do another interview with you. Yes. Yeah, so let's see if I can keep this question because I have, yeah, let's, how should we close it down? How much do we have? Five minutes, two minutes? Yeah, that's fine. Five, five minutes, fine. Okay. Okay, people, I have a few more questions. If you have questions, please send them to me or Bas. We are. Uh, we will give you the links where you can reach out to us. Um, when we started, before we started, you gave me a little tip. You think it's enough uh, to give this like call to action or tip for life for changing your perception, your habits mm -hmm. yeah. in a positive way? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I can't remember what I said now. Um, <laughs> It was about writing. <laughs> yeah. So what is written becomes reality. So there's a, there's, a, there's a concept called mind mapping. You may have heard of this. But create a story around what you want. And do you remember going back as a child at school and you were told to write a story? Mine was a shipwreck, for instance. And I used to write this a uh, story about being on a shipwreck and I'm being on an island and being deserted, except that's what I was doing. But imagine writing a story in a present moment, but you're writing about what your life is going to be. And there's a beginning where you are now. There's a middle 
And that can be a bit sketchy, but it's about writing the end version, what you want. No time limit, no frame, just write something and you'll have keywords. Them keywords highlight and then put the piece of paper or the pad, whatever you've written it on, in a place that you see it so you can reread it. This will generate a system and you'll see the keywords. One might be passion. So you, what you're looking for, passion. It might be love. It might be wealth or money. And all these little things, you'll begin to see elements of actually happening. But you must go back to it and read it. What is written becomes reality. What is real is lived in every present moment. Try that. And it's another version of mind mapping. And you are the creator of your reality. Start writing your story today. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, as I said, I've heard that a few times lately. Yeah. <laughs> and I told my friend, I'm writing <laughs> show notes about what people said. I'm writing, you know, yeah. summaries of quests I make. Yeah. So I haven't been writing much of, of my own, I feel. So we also you also mentioned some books or audio books yeah. you're listening to. Um, what would you what are you like your top two or whatever three? Um, let me just check because there's so many. Yeah, what uh, comes to mind? <laughs> yeah, Think and Grow Rich is, is my top one. <laughs> Think and Grow Rich. Napoleon uh, Hill. Yeah. Um, and if you run a business, Dane Graziosi, A Millionaire Success Habits, must read. <laughs> I have it, not opened. <laughs> read it. Um, you are a badass at making money. And that's Jen Sorosi. Um, uh, and um, Unbreakable by Tony Robbins. Okay. I think I had that as an audiobook. Uh, I'm just trying to think. Hold on. Carl Newport. This is a good one. And it's not a very well-known one, but it's Carl Newport. So good, they can't ignore you. <laughs> I think uh, if you continue like that, you are getting there. <laughs> <laughs> These are very, very powerful books, especially if you're an entrepreneur or you're at a point in your life where you are um, wanting to change or discover more. There's an old saying, um, and I don't know if I made this up or it was channeled through me, I can't remember, so don't quote me, it's mine. But I tell people there are no such thing as coincidences. Everything is a coincidence. If you look at the word coincidence and break it up to co-in-side. So where you are right now, if you're listening to this, you're listening to this for a reason. Share it. Go back and listen to it again. I will, I can tell you. Dissect it <laughs> and learn from it. 
because I'm a result, as many other people are, of failures or things that didn't work out, but then we change our perspective on it. I'm a result of my journey and I'm nowhere near where I want to be. I'm always a work in progress. And you're listening to this for a reason. You're listening to this because a part of you, a subconscious part of you, knows that it's time for you to apply and change. Be the best version of yourself. Ah, uh, Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I speak for many listeners, I hope. Mm. Awesome. So now where can people reach out? Um, I have multiple websites. My main one is uh, bazporter.com, B-A-Z-Porter.com, or you can connect with me on Facebook. Um, it's Facebook Coach Baz, or just look up Baz Porter. Uh, my page is on there. Uh, LinkedIn, I love. Um, so again, Baz Porter on, on LinkedIn. And on Instagram, it's 8888 coaching. Or just type in Baz Porter and you'll come. <laughs> eight, eight coaching. Four, four eights. Oh, shit. Okay. Eight, what, eight, what? Eight, 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 eight coaching. Why? Eights is about abundance. Eights is four about. Eights, four yeah. eights are super abundance or has it, yeah. does it have it's, another? It's, uh, yeah. It's, uh, the four eights is about generation of manifestation. Okay, I haven't seen four four eights on my clock that much. Um, I see normally four twos. Or my friend sends me pictures like, "Hey, you sent a message at eleven 11 I'm like, mm-hmm. "Not on my side, but on her side, it arrives at eleven." The, 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 the numbers. Of, I mean, I, I do um, I, I do daily reels, and one of the things I'm doing at the moment is numbers on my Instagram. Okay. Um, so I, I go through an array of numbers. Eights being one of them um ones they, they all have meanings and that's how because the universe doesn't like speaking to us in normal english language or whatever <laughs> language you're listening to this in um they they um they speak to us in universal or quantum physics and numbers and feelings so pay attention to car number plates license plates um door numbers feelings Tattoos on cows' asses, in my case. <laughs> okay. It was, so it was the angel number of love because a cow was following me and like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And then I saw the number and, and then I went home and it was like uh, the, the angel number of love or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. But there are all different interpretations for it. Um, and it's always an inner guidance. It's always a, a knowing of self. And it comes back to a self-expression. Um, you just follow that guidance. So if it's love for you, it's love. Yeah. yeah, that was funny. Let's see if I can find the video. I have no idea where I uploaded. Probably on Facebook. So if mm-hmm. I find it, <clears throat> I link it on this. <clears throat> sorry, show notes. So my voice <clears throat> thinks it wants to leave me. <laughs> apparently, at the end of the show. So it means also we are really at the end of of this interview. I'll. Um, Look through the interview, uh, questions and I really have so much. I didn't know what's going on. I told you sometimes I op- I have interviews which are just so much deeper than I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, and I should expect more of those, to be honest. 
um, probably that's my path. And I'm so thankful for this talk. It was very insightful and uh, loving. As am I. Thanks. And the listeners, you know what to do. Reach out to both of us. Send your questions if you want to hear more. Especially if you think this question is only for you, please send it to us so we can bring it up in the next interview because then it might be for so many more people. Yeah. I'm more than happy to do that and more happy to serve. So let's do that. Hasta luego.